Welcome to the House That Roast Built podcast with your host, Earl and Tamara, a podcast without limits. So come have a seat at our table and be impacted. It's been a long time. A very long time, but we're back. We are back and we're so excited to be back. Um, We miss you guys. We miss being at this podcast. Yes. It's been so long. What, 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 the last time we was here was in August. Yeah, August. The, wow. the end of August. So there were so many different things that um, has gone on since August. Um, part of the reason why um, I was away for so long, um, just dealing with a lot of different um, family issues, job, and and I was going through something very serious um, that I wanted to talk about Um dealing with different issues um which is depression um it started off just having a bad day turn into weeks turn into months of me feeling this way and um i thank god for my husband for um your encouraging words for you just speaking life into my situation but it's some things that you know, you have to deal with um, and you don't know how to deal with. But the only answer is for you to really have a laser focus on the creator. This is true. And sometimes we lose focus. And I feel like with me, I lost focus because I was concentrating more on um, the issues around me and what I was facing more than Focusing on the God that created me. Yeah, and you know, you're not the first person. I'm not the 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 first person that's gone through that or had that experience of you know hopelessness or I can't I can't do this anymore or I can't go any further. You know, it happens. You know, but. The one thing that we always have to be able to take solace in is that no matter what, God has you. Even if other people fail you, God has you. It was to the point, it was to the point where um, you could get into a space where you feel so hopeless. And that's just like a perfect word because that's how I was feeling. To where you're questioning whether you should even be here. And the enemy will feed off of that. Will feed off of that, definitely. And then I noticed that even with me um, being in the state that I, I was in, um, my thought patterns, you know, you know, it, it plays on your mind and your mental. Um, my thought patterns, I would start to even put, you know, say things that were negative and they will come to pass. And it's very, very, very important um, to guard your mouth and what you speak because it's, it's so true when they say what you speak about, you bring about. And I'm so thankful. Um, guys, I just wanted to just bring this out there. To, today started our... Um, first day of our detox and 
this first day, you know, is just like a first step, I should say, into getting closer to and have a closer relationship with God. Yes. Um, I have to just, you know, build upon having that relationship. Um, and I think that's what I was lacking. I was lacking. I know God was there, but I was so concentrated on my issues um, to the point where I was so stressed where it affected me physically. It affected my body. It affected um, my skin to where um, I broke out all over my face. I never had a, break, a breakout in my life um, to the point where um, I had inflammation all over my face. I went to the dermatologist. They prescribed medication, and then I would have adverse reactions to the medication each time they prescribed me something. It made, made my condition worse. So that even made me, um, you know, lean and focus on that, which made me depressed even more. Not just that, um, you know, I was, you know, dealing with my mom, you know, she's battling cancer right now. She was back and forth um, in the hospital. Um, you know, we're praying for our strength, but all yes. of that stuff and situations um, was just piled up. And God was saying, and he was there all the time, but God was saying, I am here. Mm-hmm. You know, in everything that you go through, I'm with you. I'm with you in in in, in all of your um, things that you go through in life. I'm there, and then sometimes you know we're we're so distracted, and an enemy wants to distract us and get us so unfocused on him, right? And get consumed with the issues and stuff with life that it can overwhelm us. I felt depleted. Completely depleted. And God is saying, I'm your fuel. <laughs> right. And, you know, we always have to, you know, remember and, you know, constantly remind ourselves that whatever you give the most attention to, that becomes your God. And that's that's what grows. Right. And, you know, you know, my grandmother used to, I remember when I was a kid, you know, me and my cousin, we'd be at my grandparents' house. And in the summertime, she would sit outside and she would tell us Bible stories. You know, we'd be looking up at the stars, you know, in the sky when you can see the stars in the skies. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, she would, you know, always, you know what I'm saying, encourage us, you know, whatever problems you have, whatever you may be going through, you know, if you can't talk to anyone else, talk to God. Tell God all about it. Let God work it out for you. You know, and all of the times, you know, and I, I tell people all the time, listen, the devil is on his job. Right. 24-7, when we're sleeping, when we're up, going about our day, dealing with, you know, everyday things that may come up and arise, the devil's finite fur- focus is to attack you by the, any means necessary. But the Bible says, it says, put on the whole armor of God. Mm-hmm. And I think um, those scripture verses, like, you know, remember memorizing and learning the word um, growing up. Um, we need to lean back on the word. 
lean back on what the scripture says, put on the whole armor of God, you know, so you could withstand the um, the devil and, and, and what he's going to try because you're, you're constantly going to be um, under attack. Yeah, and uh, and I think a lot of it is too. You know, we've we've have gotten away from a lot of things that kept you. You know, I can remember growing up where we just didn't go to church only on Sunday. You know, you had prayer on Tuesday. You had Bible study on either Thursday and Friday, Saturday. We were Saturdays. We were out at the church handing out tracts and witnessing. Or if we had the food program, we were giving out food, you know, to the public, and we were witnessing to people. And I think, you know, the more the world became modern, right. the less people got away from doing what I call, you know, what I'm saying the groundwork. Mm. You know, anytime you have to build. You know, before you can lay a foundation on the ground, you have to first get soil samples. You know, you have to get a, a geological survey. You have to make sure that the land can handle, you know, concrete, a concrete foundation being laid on it and you putting up a massive building. And if the soil can't handle it, then the building can't go up because the foundation won't be stable enough to sustain all of the weight above. And we've kind of gotten away from building stable, you know, the saying foundations, you know, because, you know, everything is a, a social media post, which social media, social media is an asset. It's a tool, but it's just that a tool. It doesn't mean that you get away from the things that, we grew up doing as young kids, it means you take and you incorporate all of that so that God gets the glory. Because mm-hmm. if you think, you know, don't be naive to think that the devil is not using social media as one of his weapons of choice to distract, you know, to, to introduce, you know, you to things that you wouldn't otherwise be introduced to. I'm I'm listening to you and I'm I'm like I'm I'm agreeing in my head because um your foundation your foundation is everything um and you have like you said you have to feed the soil if you're not feeding yourself the word if you're not feeding yourself affirmations if you're not feeding yourself positive imagery if you're not feeding yourself God's light, God's love. What are you feeding yourself? You gonna be mal um, malnutrition, right? <laughs> you know, and, and just like you know, with everything else, you need you know, you feed your physical body, but you also need to feed you know, the saying your your spiritual, your soul. You know, you need that for spiritual growth. You know, you need to, you know. The church mothers they used to always say, you know, build, you know, build God, God an altar, you know, get on the, you know, and get on the altar and don't get up until God tells you to get up. You know, we, we don't, we don't tarry anymore. You know, you can be in this, and this is a true story. I can remember I was, I was 19 years old 
And I never forget, um, we were having a shut-in at the church one Friday night. And there was a bunch of us young people, and we were all, you know, we were talking. We were excited. We was like, yeah, tonight we're going we gonna to get the Holy Ghost tonight. Explain no. explain what a shut in because everybody knows what a well shut-in a shut in is basically what it what it sounds like it's a shut in where you shut yourself inside the church and you pray and you lay it all out on the line you know what I'm saying and give God your all and that's another thing that we don't do anymore you rarely hear people talking about oh we're gonna have an all night shut in you know where we're just gonna pray you know, all night and lay before God. And this particular night, you know, I was excited. You know, we we had a church that was just full of young people. And we were all between the ages of, you know, 16 and 21 years old. And I remember that night, it was about seven of us. And we were seeking, you know, for the Holy Ghost and I was on that altar, and I was tarrying to the point where I was sweating because that's how bad, like, I wanted, you know, the Holy Ghost. And that particular night, everyone who was seeking for the Holy Ghost received the Holy Ghost except for me. And I remembered when the service um, ended, I was sitting, you know, in the back on a pew, and because I didn't received the Holy Ghost, I began to cry. And I remember everybody began to come around me and put their arms around me and try to, you know, offer me, you know, encouragement. And I remember my former pastor, he was driving me home and, you know, I was sitting, you know, in the, you know, in the front seat of the van, the church van. And he said to me, you know, brother Earl, you know, God going to give it to you. Don't worry about it. He said, you know, I went through, you know, something similar where I was seeking, you know, for the Holy Ghost and, and I didn't get it. And, you know, and at that time, while yes, he was trying to encourage me, I didn't want to hear that at that time. <laughs> because in my mind, I was like, you know, I wanted and I wanted the Holy Ghost. And but I, it didn't deter me. You know, I still was coming to church. You know, I was still, you know, praising God, being active and on my birthday, before I turned 20 years old, on my birthday, that Sunday, was when doing Sunday morning service, I began to start, you know, giving the utterance, and the Holy Ghost fell on me. And that was probably one of the happiest days you know what I'm saying, of my life. You know what I'm saying? Not because, you know, I just wanted it because everybody else, you know, had got it. I wanted it because I wanted to be closer to God and I yearned, you know what I'm saying, for that connection and that communion with God. So I just said that to say this, you know, it's important to always remember that if you can't turn to your family members or your friends, or even sometimes you can't even, you may not even be able to talk to your spouse about it. You can always, always turn to God for the answers that you need. I feel like um, that's a powerful story. 
I'm I'm thinking about present day. If we can get young people to yearn for a relationship with God the way you have felt back in the day. And I think the reason why there are so many um so many people that are lost, so many people that are down and I even me myself became um a victim to that is because we're not seeking him. We're not seeking um his his light, his guidance. We're trying to find um answers in other things versus seeking him. And I think when we developed or when we when we start to develop a relationship and not just one time, just a continuous consistency of mm-hmm. talking to him, speaking to him, praying, reading and diligently searching, you know, for him, you will find him. Right. And, you know, and the one thing. You know, I always say God will never, you know, forsake you. God will never leave you. You know, I, you know, I can remember, you know, I don't too much talk about, you know, the same my past and things, you know, that I've gone through because, you know, I've always felt like, well, don't nobody want to hear about that. Listen, I survived it. You know what I'm saying? I'm moving. I'm moving forward. You know, it's all right. But, you know, just recently, you know, probably the last, you know, couple of years, you know, I began to talk about the things that I went through, you know what I'm saying, as a child. You know, the 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 physical, you know, and mental abuse, you know what I'm saying, that, you know, I I suffered. You know, I had you know, I didn't grow up in an ideal situation like most kids, you know, would expect to grow up in, you know, as a young child coming up, you know, I had a stepfather who was very abusive to me. You know, he would beat me, you know, the same with extension cords to the point where, you know, I had so many open scars on, you know, my arms that some days I couldn't even go to school because I would bleed through my shirts. Wow. And my mother didn't want the school, you know, and, you know, my business, in her business, rather. <laughs> and they were, you know, in addition to being beat with, with extension cords, you know, he would make me, you know, stand, you know, in their bedroom all night, you know, in the corner with two fingers pressed up against the wall and one leg up in the air. You know, and when I finally told my wife this, I remember she was looking at me, with a look of shock on her face, like, oh, my God, you know, and I remember that if my leg got tired and I would drop my leg, he would hit me in his back, in my back with his work boot. And as much as I wanted to cry because it hurt, I knew if I did, he would get up and beat me with the extension cord. So there would be times I would stand in the corner all night until he got up at five o'clock in the morning and went to work. And then I would 
go and lay down in my bed for an hour. And then I had to get up and go to school all day. My God. And then I would come home from school and I would have freedom for about an hour. But the moment he walked in that door between five and six o'clock, I had to be back in that corner. And it became, you know, like clockwork. And I'll never forget, you know, my aunt, which was his sister, you know, my my mother would never say enough is enough. Mm. Stop. You know, you can't keep doing that to him. I was seven, seven, eight, between seven and eight years old while all of this was going on. But my aunt, you know, she would come over to the house and she would see me in that corner and she would stick up for me and say, you can't have that boy in the corner like that. That's abuse. And she would say, Earl, go sit down somewhere. You know, and even though my stepfather would, you know, push back against it, he ultimately kept his mouth shut about it. And at least for those however many hours she was there, I was I had freedom. I was able to stay off my feet and, and sit down and been able be able to gather myself. You know, and I remember my wife asking me, <laughs> she said, How you know, saying, did you deal with that? And I would say, I would just retreat into my mind to kind of, you know, block it out. And I got so used to blocking it out that it didn't, it didn't bother me anymore. But I always said to my wife, I said, I can remember even then I would ask God, God, why me? Why is this happening to me? And I said, God never gave me an answer. At seven years old. Yeah, never gave me an answer. But then I realized, you know, that, and this had to be explained to me years later, you know, about miracles. And, you know, we think of, yes, healing, healing miracles. Yeah, those take place and all of that. But a miracle is also someone who has gone through something that other people have died in. So there were probably other kids who were in the same situation, but they didn't make it out. You know, they were abused and they grew up to be the abusers. Because why? Because that's all, you know what I'm saying, that they knew. This is what they were introduced to. You know, so even in the midst of, yes, you know what I'm saying, this happened to me, God also in my estimation, prepared me for the man that I am today. Because anybody who knows me knows that I will give you the shirt off my back. And I have a I have a heart for people. I love people. And not just, you know, church folks. You know, I love all God's people. And my wife can tell you, <laughs> we can be out in the street. And people would just start talking to me out of the blue for no reason. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why people like, do you know that person? I'm like, no. I was, I was just standing here. They just started conversating with me. And it would be an entirely, an entire whole conversation, you know, sometimes about nothing. 
But just the fact that I gave them that time, you know, it turned out to be a blessing. This, you are truly a miracle. And I always, and I always told you this, you have to tell your story because you're not, by you telling this, this is releasing um, your healing because for somebody to go through something so traumatic, it does affect you um, as you get older and how you deal with things. And God has kept you and kept your mind. So many people have, you know, like you said, been through similar situations, maybe even worse, and lost their mind. They're like actually on medication or they are no longer here because they couldn't deal with um, the trauma. And we're talking about how do we deal with trauma? How do we deal with depression? How do we deal with all that life has to throw at us? And you ask yourself that question, why? Like you said, why me? Mm-hmm. And God is saying, like, some these storms that you're going through, is to show that God, even through the storm, that God still had you. Even through the storm and the pain and all that traumatic stuff that you went through, God still had his hand on you. And that you would be an example and a representation of of him through everything that you went through. And that you can help somebody else. And I think that's what it's all about. I think that's what this podcast is all about. It's about sharing what, you know, our experiences and our thoughts and what we go through just to help someone else. There's someone out there that feel like they're hopeless right now. There's someone out there that's contemplating suicide. There's someone out there that's going through an abusive relationship right now. There's hope for you. There's hope for you. You don't have to take your life. You don't have to go down that dark path. You don't have to shoot up in your arm. Right. You don't have to um, do all of these things, these negative things. God is here. This is your your lifeline. God is throwing a, a lifeline at you right now. Telling you, no, don't do this. I have plans for you, my daughter. I have plans for you, my son. And the plan is for you to be well, to live well, to be healthy to be whole, to be healed. And I think that's um, that's the beauty of this um, podcast and that's the beauty of going through stuff that we go through is to share with others that we could be a testimony. Right. And before we leave you on today, I just want to leave you with the scripture because I think this is, I think this is fitting and I think this sums up everything that we talked about on this particular episode. And it comes from Philippians, the fourth chapter, beginning at the seventh verse. And it reads, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue 
And if there be any praise, think, think on, on these, these things. things. Now, this is Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses seven and eight. So it's important, you know, to when life is going to, you know, try to knock you down. That's a given. And I oftentimes say God never told you, said in his word, that we weren't going to go through anything. Right. What God did say is that I will be with you. Yes. And, you know, we have to, you know, encourage ourselves that even if there's no one else around to offer you, you know, an encouraging word, you know, talk to God. You know, do what the scripture says. You know, think on these things because it's important. Think on the goodness of God. Think on God's mercy they could have think on all the times God has brought you through a situation where you didn't see no way out. And understand that at the end of the day, God loves you. God is always going to have your back. And that no weapon formed against you shall what? Shall prosper. And it's important, you know, to say that we, you know, that we understand something. It's also, it's, it's important that, you know, you should start your day off with prayer and affirmations. You know, you wake up, you know, the week, yes, we go to sleep at night, you know what I'm saying? But we get up every morning by God's grace. Yes. And I want, I want, I want you to, com- you know, just think about that, meditate on that. We may go to sleep at night and close our eyes but it's God's grace that we open our eyes the next day. I'm so so um, excited about what God has planned. And until next time, guys, um, next episode, be blessed, be well, and keep that relationship with God going. Amen. Just what you've been waiting for. A new, fresh point of view straight out of the house that Rouse built. With your host, Earl and Tamara Rouse.